Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor and always a privilege to bring you the Word. Praise God. We're going to jump into Ephesians 3 today, Ephesians 3, and maybe read a little bit of a little text here. Verse 14 is where I'm going to start. So Ephesians 3 and verse 14, and it says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, here we go, through faith, that you, here we go, being, here we go, rooted and grounded in love. It's important, okay? That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, here's a common verse. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Amen. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about eliminating limits. Eliminating limits. In other words, you know, not having limits in our life, praise God. Now, of course, last week talked about some things about, uh, you know, uh, grabbing hold or connecting with uh, with God's perspective on things. And we might kind of spin off of that a little bit. Uh, but the point is this that we're going to bring out today is that there are no limits in heaven, praise God. The only limits that we have really is the limits that we allow in our lives, amen, and primarily by what, how we think or how we see things. Now it says here that uh, in verse 20 that, to him, uh, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, <clears throat> I'm just going to quickly say this, and we may get to this at another time, but primarily what he's talking about in context, he's talking about grasping the love of God or the love that God has for you. Amen. Once you do that, it surpasses all understanding. It bypasses you know, the way things look, how things feel. Amen. You come to a place of knowing the height, the length, the depth, the breadth of that. Praise God. And when you do that, as it says here, uh, you get to know the love of Christ. It begins to pass knowledge or surpass knowledge that you may be then filled. Here we go with all the fullness of God. Of course, that's verse 19. But then it says now to him. All right. Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that is at work within you. Praise God or working in you depending on your translation. Now, let's look at this verse and define that, and then I'm going to kind of clarify a few statements I made. A verse uh, 20 again, the, the word able here. He is able to him who is able to do. Uh, that word there, uh, dunami, uh, is which means to be able or possible to do. It means to be of power to do. refers to really unlimited. He's unlimited. So God is unlimited, all right? All right. Uh, to him who is able to do, here we go, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly. Actually, is one Greek word, uh, perisos, okay, which means super abundant, uh, to, uh, means beyond measure or even more. So you think about that beyond measure. 
And then above all is another word here, hooper, okay, which means over and above, beyond all, superior to, more or higher than. Now you think about it, you're shoving all these words together. I think they're trying to make a point here. In God, there's no limits, okay? In God, there is absolutely no limits. And then it says here in the second part of that verse, according to the power, uh, or above all that we ask to think, according to the power that works in us. The power there is dunamis, okay? Which uh, means miraculous power or miraculous ability, but it literally means a to be possible force. To be possible force, I like that a to-be-possible force, or we could say existing in possibility. It's another way it's worded, existing in possibility, okay? And it says uh, the power that, here we go, works, all right, which, energeo, okay, which means to be actively working or efficiently working or effectually operative, okay? But what it's talking about is what's working then, that power, that to-be-possible uh, to force, that uh, existing impossibility that's working in us. In other words, there's no limits in heaven, but what they're trying to say is we got to get you, got to get that same thing working in you. In other words, we know that in heaven there's no limits, but the problem is we create limits, and that's why he's saying, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think, okay? It goes beyond, surpasses anything you could ask or think. I mean, you know, you, you say, well, I can, I can think this big. Well, he can do way beyond that. I can ask this big. Well, he can do way beyond it because there's no limits. But see, it's always going to come back to something. It's going to come back to the to-be-possible force or the existing impossibility that's working in you, and primarily it's going to be up here, okay, in the thinking, all right? And that's kind of what we're going to bring out here before too long. Let me bring out a few verses here. In God, there's no limits, okay? So Luke 1 and 37, Luke 1 and 37, in fact, let me go ahead and turn to it, a simple verse, but let's look at it. Luke 1 and 37, of course, this is the angel of the Lord talking to Mary, and this is the statement that's made uh, to her, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Of course, you know, there was a question, you know, uh, how can this be? Well, but the point is this, that nothing's impossible with God, okay? For with God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, what does this word impossible mean? This word impossible uh, means this. That which is not seen as possible, that which is not seen as possible or thought as obtainable. That's what that word impossible means. That's why I see in God, nothing will be impossible. Why? Because to God, he ain't moved by how it's seen or how anyone thinks. He's not moved by anything like that. But to us, it's impossible because it's based on how we see things and how we think things. All right based on how we see things and how we think things. Now, keep. I'm just kind of chewing away at this a little bit. Now, in the same book, uh, chapter 18, Luke 18, and verse 27, and really without getting into it too deep, I just kind of want to read a verse and then move on. So verse 27, he said this, this is Jesus talking. He said, the things which are impossible with men. So now, what does that word mean again? 
That word impossible again means that which is seen as not possible or thought as not obtainable. In other words, the things that man, okay, says the things which are impossible with men, amen, come on now. In other words, how men see it or how men think it, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. In other words, there's no limits in God. Man, you know, comes up with the limits. God has no limits, all right? So we got to keep, uh, take heed to that, all right? Another one, Mark, please. Well, back up a book here, Mark 9. Actually, one of my favorite stories in the the Gospels, but I'm just, for sake of time, going to read a verse here. It just said this, Jesus again talking. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. In other words, if we get that word there, pistieo, which means to have faith in, uh, to have confidence in or assurance in, if you can believe, all things in are possible. So that kind of goes back now to what we read there in Ephesians, okay, that it's according to something. In other words, no limits in heaven. There's no limits in God, okay, but there is limits, and those limits are according to what's working in us, okay? All right, so he says here, if you can believe, all things here are possible to him who believe. So we got to get you believing that there's no limits, all right? Now, you know, when we start saying that in God there's no limits, you know, there, there ain't many Christians that are going to disagree with that. I mean, I mean, really, in all honesty, uh, most people are going to say, well, yeah, duh, I mean, yeah, in God. But see, the thing is, we can operate our life without limits, amen, if we can start connecting to how he sees things and how he thinks things, all right? Because that really is the key, right? To be impossible is based on, uh, as far as man's concerned, it's how he sees it. He sees it as not possible, or he thinks it as not obtainable, all right? So we have to grab hold of the fact that God sees it different and thinks it different, so if we can connect and believe with how he sees it and how he thinks it, praise God, guess what? There won't be any limits in our life, praise God. Amen. Let's, uh, um, I want to say this, uh, maybe for sake of time, we'll just kind of bring it out, but Ephesians, or probably Colossians 3, 2, kind of a common verse, it just says this, amen, that if, um, set your mind on things above, all right? Set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Now, according to that, that's what's going to determine how you're going to live, how you're going to conduct life, amen? Uh, places like Romans 8, and uh, we also see in uh, 2 Corinthians in chapter 10 talking about that's why you got to cast down those thoughts, those vain imaginations. You can't let uh, just any thought kind of bounce around up there in your head because all of it, does, all of it produces limits. So that's why he said, set your mind on things above. you got to lock your attention on things above. Why? If you're ever going to grasp how God sees things and how God thinks things, all right? Because if we can connect with that, then we can have, amen, a life without limits, praise God. Amen. Are you grabbing this? I hope you are. Now, with that said, praise God, the Amplify, if we go back to... Um, uh, Ephesians 3 and 20, that verse, and we just read that out of the Amplified. I thought it was worthy of bringing up uh, because of where we're going with this. 
says this, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and to do superabundantly far over and above all that we, here we go, dare ask or think, here we go, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now that, again, is the amplified. Let me read it again. Now to him who by, con, or pardon me, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, and I love this last part, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Praise God. Now, the reason I thought it was worthy of reading that is because I want to ask you a question. How big can you ask? How big can you think? Now, I think, you know, when you ask a question like that, you know, it, maybe it kind of challenges you a little bit, but most of us think, well, I probably could ask pretty big, and I could probably think pretty big. All right, well, the word is clear, amen. He can do far beyond that, amen. But now here's another question. How, how, uh, how big can you desire? Because that's the Amplified kind of brings that out. How big can you hope? How big can you dream, amen? And I kind of like how he brings that out, praise God, because it really just comes down to this. You know, when you start looking at all these areas in our life, it begins to really unfold where the limits are, all right? Because we might... We might uh, you know, say we can dream big or say we can think big or say we can ask big, you know, but when it really comes right down to it, we find out where we're at, all right? And so that's, that's what ends up hanging us up is how uh, we think, how we ask, dream, hope, desire, okay? This is where the limits are, okay? And it's primarily based on where we set our attention, where we set our mind, amen? Now, again, there's a lot of this we're going to kind of come back over in the next week or so. But the bottom line, I want to just kind of today begin to settle some things, amen, that in heaven there are no limits. The only limits that we operate in really in a lot of ways is going to be the limits up here, okay? And we could say how you see it and how you think it, praise God. That's why we want to set our attention on things above, lock our attention, amen, on how God sees things, and on how God thinks things. Amen. So let's take a look at some things here. Uh, Psalms in 78, please. Psalms in 78. Praise the Lord. Psalms in 78. Psalm 78, and I'm going to go to verse 40. And what we have in context is the children, it's really talking about the children of Israel after they came out of Egypt and then they ended up wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. And we start getting a, a few answers of why that is. Well, in verse 4, he says, How often they provoked him, okay, in, uh, provoked uh, him in the wilderness. Now, some of the tr uh, verses, if you kind of study this out, part of it was the way they said things, how they communicated, all right, how they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert, all right? Yes, again and again, they tempted God, all right? And here we go, limited the Holy One of Israel. And it goes on to say, they, verse 42, they did not remember His power. They did not remember His power 
or one, uh, you might say, uh, in fact, your cross-reference might say hand, okay? He did not remember, uh, you know, his, the work that he did, you know, by his hand and the power, what he had done to deliver them, okay? They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Now, the point I'm trying to make with that is the children of Israel were guilty of limiting God, again, based on how they thought. What was said there is they did not even remember. They, they got delivered. God did supernatural things to get them out of Egypt. You know, they get out there a little ways, and all of a sudden, you know, they have the, the, the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, you know, they cross over on dry ground. And we're talking about one miracle after another. Uh, you know, once they get over on the other side, here comes the enemy, you know, following in behind them, and all of a sudden, you know, God closes the sea on them. No more enemy. The point I'm trying to say is there were so many things that happened where their hand, pardon me, where they were delivered from the hand of the enemy. And so what we see is God's hand came in there, amen, where there are no limits. Come on now, because he proved himself strong on their behalf to deliver them. All right. We also see in them in them same uh, text there where the pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day is leading them uh, to where they have to go to. Now, the point I'm just trying to make is all this is going on, but the problem was they wouldn't set their attention on it. I mean, they saw a miracle. They saw a sign, a wonder. They saw great things manifest, but they'd never set their attention on it, all right, and then learn from it. Amen. In other words, if they would set their mind on the fact that my God is always there and my God delivers them, praise God, or delivers me, amen, and remembered that, amen, they wouldn't have limited God. But the problem was they kept forgetting about what God had done, what God was doing. Come on now. And as a result of it, it brought limits, all right? They limited God based on how they saw things and how they thought things, all right? In fact, a good reference on this, in Numbers 13, just talking about the children of Israel. Now, this, of course, was after, um, you know, this whole scenario. And uh, let's see, let me get to it here. Numbers and 13, please. And this was after the, the, the spies were sent into the promised land to spy out the land. So the 12 spies come back. And, of course, uh, the word's pretty clear. They gave an evil report. You know, they said it was just like God said, but there's no way we could, we could uh, you know, deliver uh, you know, um, you know, deliver ourselves in the midst of, of the enemy over there, uh, that they would overcome us and overwhelm us. There's no way we could do this. And the point uh, that is being made uh, in context is they basically were just limiting God, all right? They limited God because of how they saw things and how they thought things. Now, you know as well as I do that it was only the 10 of the 12 that talked that way. We had Joshua and Caleb that were trying to uh, convince the people, no, listen, God said we can do it, then we can do it. So in other words, they were not limiting God, but the other 10 were limiting God. Of course, they got in some trouble for doing that. But they made a statement that kind of confirmed what we're trying to say here. In the last verse of uh, Numbers, and, Numbers 13, verse 33, it says, uh, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, uh, that came from the giants, and we were like, here we go, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight, all right? Now, first off, it's a lie, okay? But secondly, and the Lord even said it's an evil report, 
All right. So they said, we're, we're grasshoppers in our own sight. In other words, that's how they saw themselves. All right. And since so we were in their sight, which that it really is a lie, because I guarantee you, nobody walked up to any anybody over on the promised land and said, do I look like a grasshopper to you or do I look do I look minute to you or puny to you? Nobody asked that, okay, and nobody probably even thought that, all right? But the problem was it's how they saw themselves, all right? So in other words, the way they saw things and the way they thought things was off. And as a result of it, the children of Israel never got to go into that promised land, or at least that generation didn't get to go into that promised land. The next generation got to go in and take the land. Now, the point I'm trying to make with that is that God said they could have it. See, in God, there's no limits. He said, you can have that promised land. It's all yours, all right? And obviously, they could because the next generation did take it, all right? And, and, and they went in there and, you know, through a few little hiccups here and there, but for the most part, went in there and took the land. I mean, just like God said. Now, the first generation didn't go in and take the land, but it came down to they saw it as impossible. They saw that they couldn't because of how they saw themselves. Come on, and really in context, it was kind of how they saw them because they saw them as giants, saw them as you know, well-established communities that there's no way they're fortified, there's no way. And he says, so we're, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and I'm sure that we were grasshoppers in their sight, which, again, was an exaggeration, was a lie. Okay, but that's how they were thinking, and that's how they saw things. Now, remember the word impossible again, okay? Impossible, again, is defined in that which is seen. Talking about ourselves, how we see things. That which is seen as uh, possible, or not possible, probably not seen as possible, or not thought as obtainable. Okay, now, again, I'm just trying to establish this. In God, there's no limits, but we develop limits based on how we see and how we think. All right, how we see things and how we think things. That's why we want to connect our thinking with His way of thinking. That's why we want to begin to see things as He sees things, begin to think things as He thinks things. All right, now, a lot of times it's just Renewing our minds to things. You know, obviously, we're going to have to connect with the Word of God. That's one of the things we're probably going to talk on as we get into this, uh, you know, in, in maybe the next week or so. But the Word has got to be a part of our life. We've got to begin to renew our mind. Amen. We've got to begin to establish our way of thinking, amen, in line with how He thinks. And the only way that's going to happen is setting our mind on the things above, the Word of God, how God sees things, how God talks things, amen. Get our mindset on those things, praise God, and we'll begin to follow suit. We live according to that, praise God, according to Romans 8, amen. So we're going to have to learn to cast down vain thoughts and imaginations and you know, take authority, take captive every thought, amen, as uh, 2 Corinthians 10 tells us, praise God. We're going to have to take authority over those thoughts, amen, and not let how we in the natural see things and think things, but we're going to have to begin to lock on to Him. Now, I said all that for this reason. Another, another reference I want to bring out is out of Exodus, okay, in chapter 3. 
since we're over here and we're talking a little bit about the children of Israel, I want to talk just briefly about Moses, okay? He's the one leading this group. Now, Moses, in the very beginning, okay, a full story of Moses, and, uh, you know, he, of course, you know, this is after he's already, uh, you know, escaped from uh, uh, Pharaoh, you know, early on because he killed an Egyptian and uh, basically trying to save save uh, the Israelites, all right, uh, you know, a couple Israelites. So he ended up killing an Egyptian, and, and that, uh, you know, because of that, then he's running for his life because Pharaoh's looking for him. And uh, the point is, he was out there in the wilderness for about 40 years or whatever it was, and here he is now on the side of the mountain, amen, out there with a herd of sheep, you know, and, and uh, sees a, a, a bush uh, supposedly burning, but yet ain't being consumed. And so he goes up, and sure enough, it's the Lord. It's, an ex it's a, a, a sign or a wonder. And what it was, the Lord begins to talk to him through that and says, you know, basically says, I'm calling you to go be a deliverer, go deliver my people out of Egypt, all right? Well, Moses, uh, this is where we're taking up with this, the, the story here. In verse, um, so chapter 13, pardon me, chapter 3, I'm sorry, I think I said the wrong chapter, didn't I? So Exodus 3, let's get that right. Exodus 3 and verse 11, there we are. All right, it says this, but Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? Well, you know, and we're talking about, you know, removing and eliminating the limits in our life. Part of it is we're going to have to start believing what God says about ourselves. Well, God just told him, you're going to deliver my people from Egypt. And he says, but, you know, who am I? Okay, I, I can't do that. Well, God says you can do that. You think about all the things that God talks to you and me about, okay? He says that you're more than a conqueror, that you're a world overcomer, all right? That you're victorious, you're triumphant. We can go on and on and on of all kinds. You're, the, you're a new creation in Christ. You're the righteousness of God. Amen. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You, uh, we can just go on and on and on. All kinds of promises in the Word. Well, we could say all kinds of things said about your identity and who you are. All right. But if you can't see it how he sees it or think it how he thinks it, then you're going to go on the whole time being limited in who you are. Now, we know the story, for the most part, ends pretty good for Moses because obviously Moses gets a hold of it a little bit, starts heading toward Egypt. Amen. At first, you know, a little bit of a hiccup. It took him a minute or two to kind of get a hold of it. But once he got going, he did exactly what God said he could do. And that's really the point. At first, he didn't believe it. But once he began to follow through, began to set his attention on that, all of a sudden it began to manifest. He became one of the greatest deliverers uh, on this planet other than Jesus himself. I mean, delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, praise God. Another gentleman that's pretty, a lot of times you start talking about these things, a man named Gideon. I mean, that's a perfect example. God talks to him or sends an angel to tell him that you're a mighty man of valor. Well, he struggled with that. And in Judges uh, chapter 6, and verse 15, he said, Oh, my Lord, you know, how can I save 
Israel. Who am I? I mean, I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm from a, a weak tribe and I'm the weakest in my tribe and, you know, or in my family. And so the point being is he, I mean, he, that's how he saw himself. Now I'm trying to establish something here. See how Gideon saw himself wasn't accurate because God said he was a mighty man of valor. Now we know as he as he went on, he finally got a hold of it, and guess what? He, he became exactly what God said he was, a mighty man of valor, praise God. And even you get into chapter 8 of Judges, and you see even where, man, he's in pursuit of the enemy. I mean, the beginning, he's hiding from the enemy. Now he's in pursuit of the enemy, and the Word says that even though he's tired, even though they're, they're exhausted, they're still in pursuit, praise God, amen. I mean, that's the, that's the change just in two chapters that we see in a man's life named Gideon, uh, man Gideon, and, and what happened when he got a hold of what God said. In other words, a, a God with no limits, amen, connects with a man who had all kinds of limits, who finally uh, uh, believed in what he said, began to grab hold of how he saw things and how he thought things, and he became exactly what God said he was. The same with Moses struggled with who, how he saw himself. Come on now. And as a result of it, as he moved forward, he grabbed hold of what God said and became exactly what God said he was. Same thing, amen, when you go on down the line. I mean, think about all the different things that transpire through the Scriptures. We're talking Old Covenant, New Covenant, amen. When you begin to grab hold and begin to see things as God sees it, you begin to think the things that God thinks. Pretty soon, you become exactly what God says uh, you can be, and you can begin to do exactly what God says you can do, praise God. Amen. Now, all of this, and then we kind of started this whole thing, you know, in Ephesians 3, talking about the fact that there's no limits in heaven. But I wanted to bring out, maybe I'll close with this, and kind of maybe pick it up on the next one, next service, and that is, you know, that's why we want to grasp, amen, the understanding of how much God is in love with you and me, amen. If you will just understand that in, in love, okay, in agape, in God, amen, there are no limits, and that God, the God of love, is in love with you, amen. And I'm telling you, amen, everything he has, he's trying to give to you. Everything he's established and, and, and set up, praise God, he did it for you. Amen. A God where there are no limits in heaven. That's why he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. Amen. The point being is that there are no limits in heaven. And the idea is to begin to connect with how he sees things and connect with how he thinks things. Praise God. And if we will do that, praise God, we will live a life, amen, here on planet earth, amen, without limits, praise God. Hallelujah. And it's going to be based on how you set your attention, believe what he had to say, trust in him, praise God, trust in the words that he speaks, trust in the things that he says to you, praise God. And if you will begin to set your attention and believe, like Jesus said, if you will believe, amen, hallelujah, there are no limits, amen. Believe what he says. Believe, hallelujah, the things he speaks over you. Believe in that, praise God. 
and there'll be nothing impossible for you, praise God. No more limits, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory for this people that they had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you again for opening the eyes of our understanding, praise God, that we can grasp this, that we can see things, amen, as you see things, that we would begin to think the things that you think, praise God, that we would begin to connect our way of thinking with how you think, on all these subjects, hallelujah, where there'll be no more limits in our life, praise God. And Father, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory, or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.